do you scissor in your actual homes? There is a a whoppy hump that happens. <laughs> a whoppy hump. I'm dying. We could designate that as scissoring. I can't disagree with whoppy hump. Hashtag whoppy hump. Dicky, it's your mother. No, you never call me. I mean, I wonder if your finger broken. Just don't tell my mother. It's your mother. 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 Now you never call me. Just don't tell my mother. Just don't, just don't. Don't tell, don't tell. Where the hell are you? You are never home. Hello, my family. I'm Nikki Levy, and welcome back to Don't Tell My Mother, where your favorite humans in the world tell a true story they'd never want their moms to know, and then we call their mothers. We have a great show for you today. We have the ladies from the hit podcast, Scissoring Isn't a Thing, hosted by Darren Karp and Liz Cully, where they take on pop culture through a queer lens. Now, something that is really cool about this podcast is that um, Darren is a, a longtime employee, a confidant of Andy Cohen. And Andy Cohen, as we all know, right, created the Real Housewives empire. And me and Liz and Darren talk about why so many gay men love reality TV. I can't really weigh in on this because A, I'm not a gay man and B, admittedly, I don't like reality TV. But I brought on my friend, Jake Anthony, a.k.a. Poodle, from the podcast Reality Gaze and he dissects reality TV for a living. Jake, thank you for coming and answering this Hi, very important I'm burning question. To- Happy to help you in your gay emergency. Your this gay is emergency. SOS. <laughs> I would also argue you're you're pretty close to a gay man. Uh, <laughs> Thank you for seeing the gay in me. I see the gay yes. in you. Yes, quite homosexual man. I can see it in I your eyes. I feel it. I yeah. feel it. I feel. Okay. So, what is it about reality TV that you know blows your dress up? <laughs> That's graphic, but it's true. What's so queer or LGBT slanted about reality shows uh-huh. is everything is supposed to be, quote unquote, I'm using these quote fingers now, yes, real, but it's not. It's extremely, extremely fabricated. So it's like drag. Everything is performance. Oh, my God. Jake, this is crazy because let me just say Jake didn't hear this episode yet that you all no. are going to listen to, but... That's what we talk about that we, yeah. we talk because the other piece I wanted to ask you is what is it about uh, some icons like Eliza Minnelli or a Cher or a Beyonce that are so that they become such gay icons? What makes someone a gay icon? And what we talked about was the performative. But I want to know what you think. Yeah. I want to know your thoughts. Though. Yeah, no, I think that's a big, big idea. It's it's the reason why we see drag queens and this kind of exaggerated femininity. Yeah. Everything about reality shows is exaggerated, which is strange because it's trying to be real. That's one of the reasons why we love we love how documentary these shows are. But at the same time, a lot of the housewife shows and those those of their ilk, it's the performative aspects and how those women those women don't even act like women anymore. It's all like they are drag queens. It's all drag culture. It is an indictment of heterosexual culture, and that's why we love it. Oh fuck. Jake, thank you for being here. Of course. Anytime I can help, we can talk about gay reality. I'm here. I love it. We'll be back with Scissoring Isn't a Thing right after this. Just don't tell my mother. Just don't, just don't.
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello. I'm so happy to be here with you both. I mean, we're, I mean, I put on lipstick for you, Nikki, and Liz knows that never happens. Like I usually show up to these podcasts, like after a workout, like with my acne medication on and Liz looks like a goddess that she is. So this is the best you're going to get today for me. And we did it for you. I'm, I'm impressed. You look adorable. (laughs) You, this is Darren. Darren, you always wear great t-shirts. Liz, you always look like you stepped out of a place that I probably can't pronounce. She's a Glamazon, right? No, I mean, Nikki, you already showed us your boobs. So I feel like this is going to be the best interview ever. I didn't show you my boobs. I only, I can show you my boobs now. Oh, oh, shit. Now the podcast, okay. Now the podcast can start. For those people who, uh, who live who live under under gay rocks, rainbow rocks, um, you guys have an awesome podcast. My shirt is still up. You guys have an awesome podcast called Scissoring Isn't a Thing. Just give the log line of it so folks know. It's an LGBTQ plus based podcast with Liz and I. Liz is a bisexual. I am a gay woman. So we yep. are giving a pop culture spin through a queer female perspective. We have guests mm-hmm. on every week. And in the yep. top of the show, we usually have a friend or a colleague come on and we kind of break down, you know, things that have happened in pop culture uh, that week. How did you guys come up with the name of this podcast? Well, well. <laughs> <laughs> Darren and I were put together sort of on like a blind date by a straight woman who just assumed that we would get along because we were a both friendship queer. one though because Liz is married and I had a girlfriend at the right, time. Right, right. So, so like Darren, Darren is the gay who has a girlfriend. Yes, Liz correct. is the bi who has a wife. Do you call your wife your wife? I do call her my wife. Okay. Yeah. Some um, people like um, husband. Who knows? Okay. Husband. Right. Exactly. Yeah. No, I just like go old school <laughs> wife. You know. So anyway, we get to the lunch. And Darren grabs my hands at some point and is like, there's no way you fuck women with those. And I was like, hey, girl, (laughs) I've never had complaints. And then we kind of started to talk about all the stupid stereotypes that people say to us really kind of, I mean, really leading, really assuming things. One of which, of course, was is scissoring a thing, which I think all, you know, well, not all. I don't want to speak in generalizations. A lot of people. Though, a lot of that. people. Do people think, really ask that question all the time? Do you guys scissor in your sex life? No, I don't think it's a thing. Liz thinks it's a thing. I That's why we argue about it. It's not is it a thing or isn't it a thing. It's more like is it a thing that two women who are practicing? I don't want to say lesbian because I know you identify as bi, but like that's fine. Honestly, okay. I don't fine. care She's about fine. labels. You can call me. I a just lesbian mean like for all so you two who are in relationships. I'm not married. I'll speak to this also. Do you scissor in your actual homes? I think there's a scissoring element to sex that <laughs> okay. happens. Okay. Yes, but okay. we have we have modified this over the year that. We've sort of been together that I think scissoring people are viewing it like, you know, two scissors kind of coming together. Two vaginas coming together. Just bumping labias, right? Bumping clams. Bumping clams. Thank you, Nikki. You are on my side of this. Liz is upset with both of us right now. We have sort of amended this to being like, there is a uh, a whoppy (laughs) hump 
that happens. A whoppy hump. A whoppy hump. I'm dying. Okay. A whoppy hump that happens, which we could we could designate that as scissoring. Liz, back me up here. I can't disagree. Hashtag whoppy hump. I I will I'll uh, can I add to this? Yeah. Yes. All my years. I would never call it scissoring because I feel like so I don't know whose side this is, but because I feel like you're right. That is like an old school term that a straight person would ask about. You're right. It has yeah. like a it, it it has like a stank on it. Not a pussy yep. stank, just a stank stank. But like, yeah, it, it. But in terms of like vagina, vagina contact. Oh, yes. Yes. Right. Well, yes. and I guess I you guess, touch vaginas. Yeah. Yes. That happens. and vagina to vagina. I think that's just a very nice combination. Yeah, yeah me, me as well. So. I'm a fan. Yes, I'm a fan. I, yeah, I get front row tickets as often as I can to that type of activity. <laughs> Season yes. passes, if you will. Yes. And Darren, I hope I hope it's okay that I say this, and please correct me, but you're not as you are a little more. I don't know. I masculine. would say you're a little more. I wouldn't say masculine. You're just a little bit more sporty. Than yeah, like yeah. Liz, she's sporty spice. Like glamorous. I'm she's a chapstick lesbian, Nikki, and you Liz are is a lipstick lesbian. Yes, Liz, did you have trouble fitting in with gay women, queer women, whatever the hell you want to say? And Darren, did you have an easier to like? Were, were you guys accepted? Queer women or do you... not talk to me. It was the it was like worse than fourth grade Mean Girls. <laughs> we recently <laughs> just talked about it with um, on our podcast actually last week where. We Darren and I Darren went to go see the Lesbian Bar Project documentary in New York. Right. And for those who don't know, the Lesbian Bar Project is uh, about saving the remaining lesbian bars in the United States because they're basically all shutting down. And you guys have a great episode with the woman who runs that project. Mm -hmm. And please check it out. Remind me of her name. I want to say it's Erica Erica Rose. Rose. Erica Erica Rose. Rose. Okay. And I Darren and I talked at the top of the episode, like our experience with with lesbian bars and. I yeah. was totally not welcomed in the L.A. lesbian scene at all. And I, they thought I was either not gay. They thought I got lo- right. lost at the Brentwood Country Mart and took the wrong turn. And kept You do look down. like you could go there after this. I'm just being honest. Though. She grew up as a debutante. That says everything you need to know, Nikki. That's all I'm going to say. So I was really not accepted there, but I still see these groups of women that are still friends from kind of when I first started going right. out 10 years ago. And I just... They wouldn't talk to me. They wouldn't hit on me. The only women that would ever really or identifying queer women that would hit on me kind of were like super more butch identifying. Right. Lesbians. Because of that, that butch femme. Maybe yeah. they're sort of stuck on like, I'm butch. She's femme. Like, that's how a, a gay relationship would look. Yeah. Yeah. Like that narrative. Yeah. Darren, you work with our Lord and Gavior, Andy Cohen. Yes, I do. And he, of course, created the Real Housewives franchise. And I need your thoughts on something. Why do you think the Real Housewives franchise is such a gay magnet? Like maybe I should say a gay male magnet. I think that I think that gay men in general, as a general rule, obviously there's exceptions to this. I know plenty of gay guys that have never seen an episode of Housewives, but I think in general, it's like drag culture. It's like they love powerful women kind of, you know, behaving badly in some sort of way, but they're also very glamorous and very fabulous and very ostentatious. And so it lends itself to the same type of thing. Like housewives in reality are equivalent to like the the shares, the Celines, the, the Lady Madonnas, Gaga's. the Lady Gaga's in pop culture, like music I, world. I am so glad you brought this up because 
I am actually fascinated by this. Why are men, because I don't think lesbians are like this, why are gay men so fascinated or drawn to like outspoken, like um, fabulous, eccentric women in power? Whether it's Joan Rivers, whether it's B. Arthur, I mean, literally, right? Whether it's Cher, whether it's Madonna, like whether it's Beyonce, what what is but it? But I would I would challenge you to look at the through line of all of those particular women because I, I don't think it's actually all outspoken, powerful. I think it's women. hot, beautiful, rich, powerful. Yeah, women. I, I think don't it's like, think it's the. Le- I don't think it's Ellen. I don't think it's Jane Lynch. I don't think it's uh, Rosie well, O'Donnell. Yeah. I, I'm not saying that those women aren't attractive. For the record. I would fuck them all. But these are all lesbian women. You're bringing up all lesbian women. Yeah, yeah. you are actually bringing up all lesbian women, which is interesting. You brought up all lesbian women. And I think I brought up, not purposely, but all women who are straight. I know. And that's why I said, think about who you're talking about right now. You're thinking of these like, like, I'll just zero in on somebody like Cher, who is just like, you know, obviously, Darren, you pointed it out, rich, famous, fabulous, but like really performative. Same as Beyonce, same as Lady Gaga. It's a lot of like costumes. It's a lot of glamour, glare, Madonna. It's a lot of sexuality. It's a lot lot of sexual. That's a great point. But then at the same time, it's like, it's just so performative. It's not like real women. It doesn't feel like, yeah, anyway. And I don't think it necessarily has anything to do with them being powerful. I think it has everything to do with fame and looks and money. I don't I don't think that they're looking at like the Marie like Marie Curie is like the head scientist or whatever and being like, wow, this woman's like really amazing. I think there's a reason. I don't think it's really all women. I think it's very specific set of women that gay men are very into. I I get it, but then I could also think about my favorite TV show in the history of TV shows, which is the Golden Girls. And okay. that is the best. The best. But also, I would say these are almost like, and I don't want to use the wrong word here. You're going to say caricatures. I was. Yeah. Yeah. That was literally what I was going to say. It's almost like bordering on drag. You know, Liz? I'm not just a pretty face. I'm not just a pretty face. I know you guys are used to being on, you know, my side of the interview table, but I'm I'm not going to let you leave this podcast until you share a story with me. You both have to share something with me. Who wants to go first? Go, Liz. Well, I could. Here's two stories you guys pick. I could tell you about how I almost died the first time I went on an Internet date. Or I could tell you about the first time I ever hooked up with a woman ever. In my I mean, life. I feel like B. Yeah. Tell us about a whoppy hump that you had. Okay. <laughs> This is a story about unexpected encounters at sea. We'll be back with some hot girl-on-girl action right after this. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. There I was, everyone, 19 years old in San Francisco. (laughs) And I'm born and raised in San Francisco for the listeners. I'm 19 years old. I'm in San Francisco. I've just come back from New York City where I was going to the new school. I'm at um, this like tiki restaurant in San Francisco that's iconic. Um, Just to end the story there, Liz, tiki restaurant, we got it. We got the scene. We got the whole thing. So, and I'm at a friend of mine's mother's 60th birthday party. And they, it was called the Tonga Room. It's like in the Fairmont Hotel. It's ridiculous. So we're in there. It's completely ridiculous. I go to the bathroom and it's a private party, whatever. And I'm, I walk into the handicapped stall because I'm a jerk and I like space when I go to the bathroom. But as I was going in, and I'm like 19, but whatever, I probably smoked a joint and drank a bunch of Mai Tais, who knows me. I get pushed behind me by this like woman. I would like early 40s woman. Remember, I'm 19. And I get pushed into the stall and she just throws me up against the wall and starts making out with me. You like somebody's mo- no, like somebody's mom like or something and I'm like what the fuck but okay girl I'm into this we go back to the table it's this long table of like four it was actually two long tables of like 40 people each like think banquet style and I'm like looking around being like did that just happen this is so weird she didn't ask you by the way to kiss you right was she like she she just planted one doesn't even play it's so weird you guys and I was just like this is the craziest thing of all time so I'm sitting at the table and she kind of she's at the other table and she keeps looking at me and I'm sitting next to this guy who I don't know and I was like dude the craziest thing just happened to me this lady just like came in and made with me at the bar he's like you're full of shit you're just a kid like what are you talking about I'm like no dude that did that happen so I leave the party I'm by myself I see my friend they're gonna go off with their parents at the time I was living on my dad's boat in the San Francisco Marina, Casual. which is totally you were, illegal. You were living on a on a I boat. I was living on a boat. You heard which that on a boat. correctly. Um, well, it was a thirty-eight foot bayliner, actually. What so is that? Is that a yacht? I don't even know. It's like technically a yacht. Yeah. Please. So but a thirty-eight foot yacht is like is small. Is small. It was so it's two like be- a, it's, yes. It's like a house. It's like it was two bedroom. I mean, oh no, I'm wrong. 38, what am I talking about, you guys? Not 38 feet. That's teeny tiny. It's tiny. 68 foot. Sorry. 68 foot yacht. It was two bedrooms, two bathrooms. Like, I had, like, a shower. You know what I mean? I was like, well, whatever. I had a living room. And you're living rent-free on the the yacht. Yeah, and, like, Tiburon. No, no. San Francisco Bay. San Francisco Bay. But it's totally illegal to live on your boat. And it's also freezing cold, right? So I had, like, space heaters. It was nuts. Don't worry, guys. So I walk out. I'm waiting for a taxi cab, a DeSoto cab. And the woman comes out again and is like, hey, where are you going? And I wanted to be like, I'm fucking 19 years old. Like, who knows where I'm going? Like, what? She goes, let's go hang out. And I was like, yeah, girl, get in my DeSoto cab. And she's like, well, where do you live? And I'm like, uh, you want to come back to my boat? Which seemed so crazy. She was impressed. We went back to the boat. Needless to say, 
I definitely did a lot. I knew exactly how to have lesbian sex. Like I knew exactly what to do. It was did you scissor. Oh, girl, we did a whole lot more than scissoring. Did you you took this forty forty year old woman. One yeah. second, you took this stranger. You're nineteen. Had you ever kissed a woman before? Well, I kissed girls like after a swim practice when I was growing up. Okay, <laughs> had you? Were you? Did you know you liked women? Like I had crushes on female celebrities, male celebrities. Like I just, yeah, I think when you're I taking did, a I, woman who's like twice your age back to your fucking houseboat, you have to be into women. And it was a like, yacht. It was not a houseboat, but thank okay. you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So anyway, we go back. We totally have like all of this like crazy sex. I'm like, okay, you we went call- down on a strange woman. I did. Guys, I am so scared of that. Was it scary? I think it was scary, but it was, I think I had mentioned it earlier. It's like, I knew exactly what to do. I think it was the first time in my life that I was really initiating and excited about sex. You know, I think I had had, at that point, I think I, I mean, it was scary and I kind of like didn't know what I was doing, but it was the first time it didn't feel like sex was happening to me, but that I was like a participant. That's gay that's big that's gay but big and then she leaves and i get her phone number and i call her the next day because i'm like i don't know what else you know a gentleman you're a gentleman i am a gentleman exactly yes make home make sure she got home safe and i called and you know what she said to me what this is see darren it wasn't all rainbows she's called me a faggot and said don't ever fucking call me again and hung up on me do you know who this woman was? Like, was no, she a I parent could, I of someone? Or? You could literally put her in front of me right now. I wouldn't even, I don't know. I've like blacked all that out in my memory. But I remember she was short. She had really big boobs, brown hair, and green eyes. That's what I remember. So she was me. Yeah. And then how much later did you hook up with another woman? Because that's a major like first time. Yeah. Yeah, it was really weird. It wasn't long after. I, um... Yeah, and then late, I d- had a boyfriend after that for a while, and we had a couple of menage a trois. <laughs> yeah, menage a trois are great. Where I was like, yeah. I really don't want to give you head. Let's have a threesome, and she can do it. <laughs> Liz, this is like a major cherry popping story. Yeah, I, I guess. All right, Darren, you got to top that. Pun fully intended. This is a story of an out proud New York City woman dating a very closeted religious girl. Uh, I was dating a girl. Um, I got set up with on a blind date. She was a bartender here at this New Orleans bar. And I'm not really good at like, I don't go into lesbian bars, like go hit on people. I just, I I was never really a blind. It was like, she's a bartending there tonight. I want to introduce you. I think you'll both find each other attractive. Come have drinks with me at this bar. So it was like a setup, but also with a friend. So that way, if it didn't work out, like I was kind of cool. Was it a straight Um, girl setting you up with this girl? No, it was a bisexual girl setting us up. Okay, all right, it's a little better. She was dating one of my friends at the time. (laughs) This was like back when I had like a lesbian group of friends. So she was dating one of my friends at the time. And uh, this girl's name was Evan, which is also the name of my brother. So I was like, okay, well, that's kind of like, I don't like know how to do that. But like, okay, that's fine. No, I also think the name Evan is very hot. I think uh, I love androgynous names. But I think that's hot. Evan and Darren as a girl couple name is like a little wild. Like even Andy, I think, made fun of me. He's like, really, Evan? and Like, really, Darren? Like, Jesus. So anyway, 
This was in 2014, so this was seven years ago now. So I'm, I'm okay. removed of it now to not have as much emotion about it as I did for quite some time. But met her, hit it off, got drunk at the bar. She was over-serving me. We went home, we hooked up, and we were talking ever since, and we started to date. Yeah. And, you know, for me, like, I grew up in a suburb of Manhattan. Mm-hmm. I have very progressive parents. Um, I didn't really have a tough coming-out story. I was very mm-hmm. accepted within my group. I'm also not religious, Um, Mm -hmm. which can be helpful. She was from Alabama and she was a Southern Baptist. Okay. And I'll put it this way. Like to some extent, I'm an atheist. And she knew that. And so I was like, if this person is willing to sort of date me, she, she can't be so strict about her views because she's dating. Like in my mind, I was like, maybe she just was, she's like this as a kid. She's still under her parents kind of, she was an actress bartender, you know, kind of under her parents' control. Like, clearly she's open-minded enough to, A, hook up with a woman and hook up with an atheist Jewish woman, okay? So, like, clearly I thought maybe a little bit more progressive than what you all are probably thinking right now. And so mm-hmm. we had we had lots of talks about religion. She'd give me items to read, and I would read them, and then like, I would come back. What do you mean items to read? Like she, you know, like she gave me like this miracle book once, right? About like all these like medical marvels, like that happened in these like these ways. I swear to God, what? I swear to God, she gave me this book, and she was just like, "How can you not believe in God?" Given this, and, and, I said, and I'm all for people, by the way, believing. I believe in God. I'm all. I think I believe in God. I'm all for people believing in God and being queer. Hundred percent, all for it. And and that's like. Yes. And like, for me, I'm not I'm not here to say like, you're an idiot, you're stupid, you're this and that. It's just like, God, I don't I just for me, God isn't a thing. Just like right. scissoring. And I, it might it's just not a thing to me, you know, like it's a God and scissoring something. So she would give me things about these like medical marvels about this guy who, you know, prayed and then whatever. And I said to her, I was like, listen, you know, I was like, really interesting book. I didn't want to insult this person, but I was <laughs> she like, said really interesting. I said, really interesting book. But you know what bothers me as someone who was I majored in neuroscience and psych and like I wow. wanted to be a therapist and I'm a psych, I'm a science person. I was wow. like, what bothers me is there's no footnotes. This doesn't trace back to any sort of evidence. Anyone could have written this. Like, you know, The Giving Tree was a great book too, but like that was a cartoon and that like, I wouldn't say like this actually happened. Like this boy, like anyone can write anything at any given time and that doesn't make it true. So Absolutely. my point was like, there's no footnotes here. There's no citations like Maybe, you know, so we would have these interesting arguments. She never called me anything bad. She never, she respected me. She was and, actually and you're coming to my right side. We're dating, dating. we're dating. Uh-huh. So much so that it's at that point where it was like four months in where it's like, I kind of slipped saying I love you on the phone one time. You know, oh, you guys ever do so this? Cute. It's like, it yes. happens, you know, and you're kind of like, okay, like love you. And I'm like, oh my God, I just told this girl I loved her. And I knew okay. that her parents were Alabamans, Southern Baptist. Okay. So I knew that I was not going to be gay, Jewish, atheist. Like it it was not hitting any of the criteria here. Yeah. Yeah. But she was like, I love you. And I want to come out to you, come out for you. And I really want to like make this relationship a thing. And by that time, you know, I was, I was really, I really like, I don't know if it was love now so much as lust, but it was going in that direction for sure for me. And for Christmas, she had gone home she was leaving to go home to Alabama. And, uh, you know, she was like, this is the trip. 
I'm going to come out. This is going to be great. Mm-hmm. Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, I cannot wait to kind of, you know, and this was probably my na- naivete because I, and this is a privileged position that I kind of had it very easy. And so I kind of thought, you know, mistakenly, like, how could this, like, you know, parents love, love their kids. If you love your kid. And you were not you coming this? home with her. She was just I was coming not home. coming home with her. Okay. In fact, so much so I had to go to work that day because, so Got she it. left early, which is kind of important story. She left early. We were sleeping over. She left early. I remember kissing her goodbye. I was like, good luck. And then I had to go to work that day. So uh-huh. we were in the office later that day. Fast forward to like 5 p.m. I'm handing out these gifts and I get a call from Evan. And I was like, this is it. I was like, she's going to tell me like all like it literally in my mind. I couldn't have imagined it going any other way. Mm-hmm. And I pick up the phone. Granted, I'm at work and I'm a very I take my career very, very seriously. So I do not like to mix professional and personal. So I get a call and it was Evan. And I was like, oh, my God, babe, how did it go? Like I pick up the phone I'm like, babe, how did it go? And she's like, is this Darren? And I said, yes. And she said, this is Evan's mom. Mm. And I was like, great. In my mind, literally, I'm like, great. This mother wants to meet me because she knows I'm this amazing and this cool. I know. I know. I know. This is my little naive, stupid brain. I get it. This is all on me. And she was just like, if you talk to my daughter ever again, I don't know what Evan told you, but I live in Alabama. We can have guns here and I have a shotgun and I know where you live. And if you talk to my daughter again, I will ram the shotgun down your throat and blow your head off. Are you serious? And I was like, can I step up? Can you just hold on one moment? I got to step outside. So I went to go step outside and I said, excuse me. And she was like, yeah, you fucking faggot. And I said, and Liz knows this, I said, and knowing me, I feel like it's funny kind of now in this really heartbreaking. I said, I think you're underestimating the happiness I bring into your daughter's life. The most daring response. Good for you. I wasn't going to like argue back or cry. You know, I was just kind of like, I think you're being a little irrational about this. And I think if you love your kid, you'd see that she's pretty happy with me. And she said, Evan, get on the line right now and tell this faggot you choose me over her. And I hear Evan in the background just bawling her eyes out. So sad. Just like, of course, because here she is. Not only does she have to tell me this, but like, you know, she's she doesn't make a lot of money. Her parents are clearly helping her out. She's there. She could have felt threatened for her life. And I'm not surprised if she did, because this her own fucking mother, who apparently loved her, is threatening this girl's life. And Evan and she said, and she got on the phone and she was like, Darren, I choose my mom over you. Like, never talk to me ever again. Like, I choose her over you. Bawling. And I knew that she had to do that. I don't blame her. I do not begrudge her. I do not blame her. She was in a precarious situation that her life could have been threatened by her own parents. In that case, do what you need to do to survive. Like, do what you need to do to be healthy for you. I would never put someone in a dangerous situation. And hung up and never heard from her ever again. Never again. Never again. Did you text her? Or call or anything? She wrote me an email um, about five seconds after that saying, I'm so sorry. And then that was it. And she blocked me on all forms of social media. I can't email her. I can't text her. I can't do anything. Um, And it's been seven years. And, you know, it took a while, I think, for me to kind of get over the that and like get over the closure. It affected me gravely, even though I was out, you know, I felt bad for her. I could go back to work at Bravo for Andy Cohen and be out and go do a scissoring podcast with Liz and go fuck women and do whatever the fuck I wanted. Uh, and she couldn't. So I felt really horrible for her. And it took a very long time uh, to kind of get over it. But uh, here I am. I was just going to say, Evan, if you're listening, I can't. Yeah. Evan, if you're listening, call me, call me. Uh, I won't hold it against you. Hopefully. She is now like living whatever life is right for her. 
I no hope chance, so. but yes. I mean, I hope so too. Well, but you I know what? Doubt, Seven but years yes. is a long time. It's true. And I'm grateful to be able to, you know, tell queer stories. And sometimes I think it isn't for those of us who live in liberal cities, right? Or come from fabulous accepting families, but it's for the Evans of the world who are still dealing with shit. And what we do hopefully makes them feel less alone. I hope her mother finds peace because if you have that much hate in your heart, I'm not saying something's wrong with you. It's just something is wrong where it's like right. you you are not asking the right questions of yourself. You are not living your life. If you hate someone who hasn't violated your rights at all, I think that you have problems of your own. And that's what, that's all I'll say about it. When did you come out to your mother? I came out when I was 19 to my mother. It was the I guess probably my early sophomore year of college. And what'd she say? How'd she react? My mother wasn't as incredible as she is now, but not <laughs> not, in a ba- not in a bad way. It was just kind of like, I think it was more of like a getting used to the idea. You know, to be honest with you, her yeah. first reaction was, well, I want grandkids. But then I said, well, mom, I said, well, for one, it's about what I want. And two, if I was infertile, but straight, is that any different? Or what if I didn't want kids? And my mom was immediately like, you're right. It was a natural reaction. Like Darren speaks about- truth to power. We know that from the phone call. (laughs) Yes. Well, I mean, I will say like, I do think a little bit on my side of it with my mother because she's absolutely like fucking incredible now. Mm. And she was then. It's just I think parents have sort of this idea of their kids and they have to mourn that idea and get on board. And sometimes we want them to be immediately okay with it. And we forget that as as parents, which I am not, I imagine just she had to just get over that idea. You know what I mean? It wasn't a bad idea. It's just a different idea than what she was expecting. I think our moms just get scared. Like, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa. This yeah. is not what I thought. What's going to happen to you? Your life is going to be hard. That's what I hear all the time. Exactly. Exactly. Speaking of Mama Bear, as you know, on this show, right, we call somebody's mother. And Liz, you told me right away that your mother was like MIA for this. Not going to happen. Well, actually, I called Darren on the side. I was like, so my mom is a thousand percent not being recorded on the internet. Like, (laughs) there is no way. I think my mom was like, Yeah. Yeah, Like I was like, if there's anyone that's going to have to do this, it's going to be you and your lovely mother. And like my mom, there is no way. All right, Darren, let's call your mother. Susan, is that using? This is me. Hi, Susan. Susan. Meet Liz. Liz, this is my mother, Susan. Yes. Oh, my God. (laughs) Thank you for listening. Where are you coming from? Where do you live? In Montclair, New Jersey. In the house I was born and raised in, actually. My parents have been there for quite some time. That's awesome. Well, thank you for joining us. No problem. So, So Darren told us a story. I shared the story with them, Mom, of my ex-girlfriend, Evan, and her mother. My mom's aware of that, for sure. <laughs> What what did you say when Darren told you that this crazy mother essentially threatened her? Well, I, as I recall, I was in my office and because Darren and I work close to each other, relatively speaking, in Manhattan. And she called me. I was willing to go over there and do anything. I, I was wow. frightened <sighs> because there was this crazed human being who said she's going to shoot my daughter. It terrified me. It truly terrified me. 
I told you she mama bared. She was, I told them they were so protective and like, I will fuck shit up, but in your nicer, much more graceful way than you I mean, that. fortunately, this woman was in Alabama or wherever. Yeah, wherever. But the day that she was going to come and clear out her daughter's apartment, I feared for Darren's life and really didn't want Darren to be even in Manhattan that day. I really you, feared for her life because who knows? You, I mean, yeah. this woman could actually be crazy and gun carrying. Do you remember, Susan, when Darren came out to you? I don't think Darren ever came out to me. <laughs> I think she just, you know, uh, we would have we'll a lot of her friends come for dinner. We were very open, a, open about, you know, having her friends come. And, you know, yeah, she'd bring home, she was bringing home boys in high school. And then she was bringing home do. girls. In the latter part of college, but it was never the sit down with saying, really I have to tell you something. It That's was true. just kind of, it just kind of happened organically. She brought home different people. Could Did you have a sense that Darren was gay before the people started coming? No, not really. really? No, not really. I mean, she had a very serious boyfriend who oh. practically lived with us. Oh, um, who she at one time said, you know, I'm going to marry him. You know <gasps> how teenagers are. Darren, how long did you date this boy? Four years. And he's still a friend Holy of mine. I love shit. him. He's amazing. I have nothing bad to say about him. My family talks about him all the time. Like, he's like a great guy. He's just a great guy. Yeah, he's a great guy. Great, great, great dude. Four years I dated him. Okay. So, he, you know, she, so when, you're, yeah, yeah. when your daughter says, you know, I'm going to marry this person, you don't think... No. Okay. Is and she then a, a friend of my son's, actually, who I had dinner with, she said to me, <laughs> you know, dating girls in college, most of the girls are superstars, and superstars only want to date other superstars, so they're not dating below them. And she told me, she said, you know, most superstars in college date other women. So it's not, it doesn't necessarily mean you're gay. Did you approach Darren and say, like, did you, I know there are women you know, coming to the house of the latter part of college, which is just, I just get this like image of like this escalator was of lesbians coming door. to my it was, No, she was very discerning. <laughs> she was yes. very discerning. But Thanks, did, you, did you approach her and say like, hey, is there something you want to tell me? No, I think it just, I don't remember you ever telling me specifically. It just became clear. Hmm. I mean, I definitely was like, this is my girlfriend, Regina. Right. But I wasn't like, by the way, mom, I'm a lesbian. I never right. said that. To it was her. just I mean, okay. Of now I could say girlfriend. it to her, and, right? And she would describe it that that like that. Did you ever have a moment where you wished Darren would have been what you anticipated she would be? Well, you know, I think every parent, you know, you raise your children and you get to know them in a certain way, and you think, yeah. okay, they're going to become this, or they're going to, you know, so you, you're going along this path that then somehow veers and takes a different direction. Unexpected. So, you know, you have to think about it and process it, but it's not, you know, it's nothing to get angry about. It's something more that you have to think about. Okay, what I thought before was not the pathway we're going down now, but yeah. we're veering. Darren, do you want kids? Um, I do, actually, because I'm with the right partner. I think that we, I would really enjoy that with my partner I have now. Um yeah. In fact, I'm thinking about freezing my eggs before the end of the year, shockingly enough. How, I have, I have yet to tell my mother that. Uh, I think 33. she'd be a, uh, a fun parent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> did you hear Darren's going to freeze her eggs? 
Yeah, I'm not I'm not surprised. <laughs> um, I mean, I knew, you know, we had kind of talked about this yeah. in general. So, yes. you know, the timing well, maybe is the surprise, but otherwise, no. You know, she's yeah. getting older. Yeah, I mean, Darren, these eggs are not going to freeze themselves. <laughs> Susan, I'm so happy that you got to be here. Thank you for making time. Oh, thank you thank very you, much. If it's not one thing, it's, it's your mother. mother. Thank you for listening, my family. Don't forget, follow us on Instagram at Don't Tell My Mother and follow me directly at Nikki Levy. We are so happy to be here with you. Do us a favor, subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and a review. It really, really helps us get the word out and, uh, you know, get more people listening to Don't Tell My Mother, which of course, that's what we want. We want to create a bigger family here. We love you. Don't Tell My Mother is created, hosted, and executive produced by Nikki Levy, my daughter. The show is executive produced by John Cryer. Oh my God, I love him. And Lisa Joyner and Jody Zuckerman Weiner at Discount Sushi. Our producer is Liza Glukoft. Co-producer, Andrew Congdon. Mixed and edited by Donovan Bullen. Theme song by Donovan Bullen and Joe McKenzie. Distributed by Acast. Now go call your mothers. Just don't, just don't. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.